Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Hello, and welcome to Who's Here in the Hamptons, hosted by Dan Retiner. But today, guess who's the subject of Who's Here in the Hamptons? Dan Retiner. He's written an amazing foreword to a book that's all about the Hamptons called Private Hamptons. And I, Angela LaGreca, VP of Features and Events at Dan's Papers, get to talk to Dan and interview him. Dan, yep. how are you? I'm here. <laughs> Welcome to your own program. <laughs> Thank you. I, this is a great surprise. Well, I know. It is, it's hard to imagine that you actually have to answer questions instead of ask them. But you are amazing, as we know. Dan's papers would not exist without you. You founded it. You've been the editor of it. You're a journalist, publisher, an advisor, and a great, great Hamptons personality. And I, I don't think the Hamptons would be the same without you. And so I'm honored to, to work with you and to ask you about this new book and about yourself. The book is called Private Hamptons. It's a heavy one. Tell us about it. It's called Hamptons Private, first of all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I don't know how they came upon that title, but it's when you go into some mansion every once in a while, you often see these giant $200 hardcover, 10 pound books sitting on coffee tables about the Riviera and Palm Beach. I got a call from Rizzoli, which is a uh, publishing house that does these books. They're based in Paris. And they asked me to write eight or 10,000 word introduction to the book, which um, uh, they said, we want you to just give an overview of what the Hamptons is all about. And so I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. The book itself, of course, is filled with photographs of uh, Montauk surfers and uh, uh, people at parties and cafes and people walking the streets and some uh, old photographs of Jackie Kennedy, Onassis, and uh, many other celebrities who come out here as well as the Shinnecocks, which it covers the whole area. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's about, it's $95. It's coming out at the end of April, April 29th. But you're, the, the, what you wrote is, is really a, it's a love letter to the Hamptons and it's really beautiful. And it, it is comprehensive in so many ways, historically and socially and artistically and, and just the beauty of, uh, of the place. Why don't you tell us a little bit about I want to know how you ended up. You talk about how people, they settle here. They, they make a decision to come here. Tell me how you happened upon the Hamptons. I was dragged out here by my parents. I was <laughs> 16 at the time. And uh, they had me stay home where I, was, we were, I grew up, which was in Melbourne, New Jersey. And my dad bought a drugstore in Montauk. That was not a place I had ever been. And... Uh, they, they had me stay in Milburn for my senior year of high school uh, with neighbors, which because everyone was making do with this big change that my dad wanted to do because he wanted to go fishing all the time. He was also a pharmacist and he had bought 
White's Drugstore. It's still and, there. And so we came out here and I absolutely was floored with the whole place, including the Hamptons, which at that time was just something on the way to Montauk. Montauk was the main event in the 50s mm. when this all happened. And uh, was they had built about 40 motels in the space of five or six years from 1948 to 52. And they were shiny new and people would come out on two week vacations to stay out here. And it was a great summer resort for tourists. And when I wrote, was asked to write this story, this book, the reason they called me, they said, was because they thought I, having run a journal for all these years, would probably be the best person to write about what it was all about. And what I thought about it was, it seemed to me that I was a witness to uh, some changes that were taking place as if waves of different groups of people came over in different decades and stayed because they all had wanted to come out here. They heard it was a great place, but they didn't all come at the same time. And so that's how I handled it. I started out by describing the fact that the South Fork was in fact brought here by a wave of glacier movement. And it was actually leftover debris because the glacier had gone as far south as it was gonna get from the North Pole. And it just had pushed all this rocks and dirt and stuff into a certain location. And that became the South Fork as well as the rest of Long Island. So that was the opening act to what I perceived as a series of, of uh, immigrations. And I proceeded in this, uh, this worldview of what happened in the Hamptons to describe these waves. The, the first, the Indians were here, of course, the Native Americans were here to begin with. So we don't, we, we have to say they were also a witness to this as I was when it went back way back. And there's so many, still many Indian derivative names of places. Oh, there, you know? Well, not only are there, there are also many Shinnecocks and yeah. Montauks right. still out here. So they were the host to this invasion. The first part of it consisted of the social set of New York City deciding that the Southampton, East Hampton would be a great place to build mansions in addition to Newport. Right. So it became a great <laughs> summer resort, and that's what... I found when I came out here that it was a very closed off summer resort with tall hedges, people yeah. behind it I knew nothing about. There's a great photograph in this book of a wedding that takes place on the front lawn of one of these giant mansions and it's summer and the bride and groomer and the bride is in her white and the groom is in his tuxedo. And there's about 30 people, men and women, standing wearing formal gear on a lawn. <laughs> That's just blows you away. Well, there was a lot of, I mean, the, the history of the high society. And at the same token, you've got, you know, you've got your surfers out in Montauk. You've well, got came, they, and artists. It's an interesting amalgamation of people, right? Well, they came much later. Uh, right. and when I got here, there were no surfers. Ah. Surfing came in uh, about 1960, 65. After about, I tried it. I was at that point not fit for surfing anymore already. <laughs> so I could never do it. But I thought it was a great invasion. Uh, well, 
let's talk about what, what's the main draw. Is there a main, I mean, it's, is it, would you say it's the natural beauty? What would you say? I think the thing that was the main draw to all these groups was uh, the natural beauty and the ponds and lakes and ocean and the beaches and the woods and uh, the lighthouse and all the other yeah. wonderful things that are out here to create a, what in the, the early periods was considered a very healthy country air. Right. Because you could get, invigorate yourself. And in fact, um, many of those early homes were built with the most, they're giant mansions, but they were built interiors that were like just primitive. They were very primitive plumbing, no insulation. Hmm. Uh, it was like we were going out here for the health. Yeah. The other invasions have included the, the Bohemians that came later, the... Uh, because of the light, really, right? The painters were coming out there. Land well, I think, and also they had the, the, the social set was the Medici, if you think about it. Okay. And uh, and then hippies came here for a while, and they they merged into everything, and then the new money arrived, and uh, the the also I think the very first wave was actually English settlers. Who were fishermen and farmers, and they have their had and still do have yeah. their own accent and way of speaking. It's a bonikers, right? yeah. The bonikers. It's a form of speech that's native to the middle class of England. So it's so much so interesting in this book. I haven't seen it yet. You called it an introduction, but it's about ten thousand words and it weaves its way through the first half of the book. Yeah. After which it expires and photographs <laughs> take over. It's beautiful. Um, and it is, it's going to, it's a very beautiful book, but we have the, uh, the author's night, which takes place in East Hampton every summer. I love and that. I've gone to it when I've had other books out, but you give, you have to agree to take 10 books and give them away to benefit the library. And I don't see, I don't see giving away 10, 10, $100 books on my dime. So. I, I just think I'll bring some of my older books and maybe one copy that people can look through like they're in some okay. mansion. Right. Talk about, let's talk about some of the things that you write about in this book about the Hamptons that are highlights for you. And there are many. So I know we don't have time for all of them, but you know, you talk about the walking dunes, which a lot of people don't know about. To me, those are like the Ishtar of the Hamptons, you know, if you can find them on the way to Montauk, right? The walking dunes I discovered early on, a series of dunes actually almost two of them that are merging that are about 90 feet high, 80 feet high. You can climb up to the top of them. And when you get there, you'll discover that you're looking down on the side of the dune to the tops of dead trees. Wow. The, the dune has been pushed by the wind over the years to the southwest. Every year it moves about six inches. It's a gorgeous 360 degree view, particularly in the summer when um, the windsurfers congregate in this windswept area of Napaik, which is not far away. Right. And watch them over Napaik Harbor sailing around. It's crazy. I love it over there. The osprey, you've got those osprey nests and you have the art barge, right? Where a lot of artists study and paint. Yeah. And there's all the famous restaurants like Clam Bar and you've got the lobster roll lunch. I mean, it's just a great spot. I mentioned, I didn't, there are so many fine restaurants here. I decided to mention the classics, the ones that have been here for generations because they, they kind of tie everything up and they, they include the American Hotel, right. Bobby Vans, um, 
Gosman's and Montauk, right? The lunch one you mentioned, yeah, uh, and a host of other ones. So I tried to cover the the waterfront with all of this, including some of the history, shipwrecks, and so forth. Yeah. I mean, there was that famous the little Edie's house, but you know, Jackie O was here for a bit, right? And uh, in some of the high society, what was that like at the time? Uh, Jackie Bouvier was right. born and raised in East Hampton in the summertime. She was part of the social set in the summer and uh, became a horsewoman as a 10 or 11 year old wow. and turned into a tremendously excellent athletic horsewoman. She won all kinds of blue ribbons in the uh, early jumping and competitions they had at that time. And then she met Jack, who was from Newport. And interestingly, uh, I made an aside, I was writing the other day about presidents who have visited the Hamptons at one time or another. And I assumed that Jack Kennedy had come out here to meet her parents. There is no evidence whatsoever, not even in the local newspapers that written at the time of him ever setting foot in the Hamptons. Why is that? I don't know. I guess <laughs> it was they were the you know they were the uh, Catholic aristocracy. She was marrying into that, right? It was based up in New England, and this was the Protestant uh, <laughs> social set based out here. Yeah, um, and it was great fun. I wrote this during the pandemic. Uh, it was a wonderful project. I started it in uh, October, and I worked. I was out and sent them an outline. I got a phone call from Paris from, uh, I think her name is Martine Asseline, who was one of the partners. And she told me, she wanted me to write exactly, she had this heavy accent, French accent and uh, European. And uh, I should write it from my heart and uh, put my soul into this book. And it would be a wonderful book to read. And I said, yes, ma'am, you know, and then I proceeded right. to write it, and they they watched <laughs> it up for a while with edits, and I put some of them back. And it was a great project. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, you have so many things that are chock full uh, to talk about in the Hamptons, but of course, you love the artists and writers. I know that the famous artists and writers game is that coming back this summer? Oh, uh, we're working on that right now uh, to make sure it does. We hope it will. It didn't. It wasn't there last summer. I think it will be this summer. Yeah, there's too many great people out there. And do you have, before we go, you have a favorite Hamlet of the Hamptons? I know you live in East Hampton. I have a house in East Hampton, so I'm a little a little preferential there. But do you have some, what, do you have favorite, you know, as you drive through the little towns when there's no traffic, which I know that's that's only an off season if? Um, I can't really, I, I love each one. I really do, yeah. for a different reason. I love being in Montauk because of the wind and the, the kind of dichotomy of young people and fishermen and motels. Yeah. I love the Hampton, the East Hampton. It's such a formal, beautiful restoration of a colonial village. I love Sag Harbor because it's a it's a little whaling town and it's just gorgeous. And I love the architecture of the little homes all over the place that have been restored. I love Bridgehampton because it was originally a farm town that was completely surrounded by potato fields and racing. There was a lot of racing going on there. Uh, Southampton was the queen of America's watering places, <laughs> according to the uh, 
slogan that adorned the local newspaper back then. And watering had to do with alcohol, not right. Not seeds. <laughs> Good happy hour in Southampton. It was very happy. One of the interesting things I was noticing about the, the new money that's come out here was they've adopted the uh, attributes of the old money. Everything, the real estate firms all have English names. Uh, they build homes in the English style. But the one thing they haven't done is men's pants. So women's pants are green with frogs on them. Oh, gosh. Or butterflies on I, them. I, Oh my they have ties with crocodiles on exactly. Pink and khaki striped shirt shirts and yeah. argonauts. Well, came in and said everything but that. Everything but that. That's so and funny. They take 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 on the airs of it. Dan Rutiner, you're a fascinating person, and I think we might have to do part two of this. It's been great to talk to you. Uh, the book is called Hamptons Private. It's published by Asseline. It's a beautiful, beautiful coffee table book. And it's $95. It's coming out April 29th. The host of Who's Here in the Hamptons, who's here all the time, Dan Retiner. Thank you. And we'll talk again about this. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>